1: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the No Bad Dogs podcast with me, Tom Davis, America's canine educator. Thank you guys for hopping on here and listening to me. I have a pretty cool uh, podcast for you guys today. It's a client from Canada. He is bringing home a new dog. He's being proactive and wanted to do a online session with me to make sure that he's doing everything that he needs to do. So it's about an hour-long podcast about what to do how to do, and any information when you bring home a new dog. Um, and I just wanted to also thank whoever, I don't, I'm don't i not sure, but we had a notification on Facebook, which I don't check too often, but there's a notification on Facebook from this company called blogfeedspot.com, and it basically reviews all these different things online. And it said that we were entered for one of the top podcasts dog podcasts in the world. And so I clicked on it and um, we actually ranked number one. Um, So I'm really happy about that. So I don't know how it worked, if it was analytics. um, It basically said that it works through analytics and marketing and how people responded to things. And so, anywho, um, thank you for everybody who supports the No Bad Dogs podcast and listens to it and downloads it and tells their friends about it because we were rated number one um, out of 15 out of thousands of applicants for this dog training or dog podcast. So um, thank you guys very, very much. I mean, there's some big names on this list and we came out number one for, I don't know why, but awesome. So thank you guys. But anyway, I hope you guys enjoy this podcast and here we go. Um, nice to meet you, man. Nice to
2: meet you. How's your day?
1: Um, Good. It was pretty good. We had a seminar yesterday or like Saturday Sunday my buddy from San Jose flew in and did a two-day seminar and so we're like playing catch-up recovery um, because we had like 45 people here for the weekend so
2: so that was that was that the canine training yeah okay cool yeah I saw that on uh, Instagram
1: yeah and we also did like some behavioral stuff in the morning with a bunch of people so we had our hands tied pretty much all weekend so today's kind of back to reality and um so yeah um what do you got going on
2: uh well this might be a weird one for you because um, i don't have a dog yet um right. but we get her on thursday um so why i want to do this is just kind of um pick your brain and uh Maybe have you help yep. me kind of put together uh, a plan, um, or kind of like a you know a daily schedule, weekly schedule kind of thing, um, sure. just to kind of help you know integrate this puppy into our lives. Um, okay. So yeah, it's me. I'm it's just... me and uh, my girlfriend. Sorry.
1: Okay. Is she there now or
2: no? No, she's at school.
1: Okay. I'm just looking for a pen. Give me, uh, give me one second. Yeah, no worries.
2: Thanks.
1: Okay. So, how old is the puppy going to be?
2: Puppy is four months.
1: can you give me about the puppy's breed and stuff
2: um uh, so it's a it's a rescue coming from taiwan um so it's a formosan mountain dog is one of the many names um it is it's mixed with something but they're not sure what Let's see if i can yeah i'm
1: looking it up um
2: so that's, that's her there. I don't know if you can see it.
1: I can, I can see that. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. All right. So it's kind of like, I've, I've dealt with like mountain curs before. I haven't dealt with this type of mountain dog.
2: Okay. So from, I mean, from what they've told us, um, she's pretty well behaved. Um, they have her in a foster with a couple other dogs. Um, um according to the foster um they have them in crates at night um so she's crate trained um and she does well in the crate um but uh it's kind of tough to communicate with the people here and then the people in taiwan um yeah trying to get the the whole story um so they kind of do like a rating on their page of, you know, how they do with strangers, how they do with other dogs. But I mean, at only four months, it's pretty, pretty hard to tell. Yeah. Um, and then they just kind of send us photos, send us videos. Um, but uh, basically, I'm just planning on, uh, you know, coming up, coming with a plan or a schedule um, to start crate training. Right away um, As if she hasn't been in a crate um, And yeah So I don't really know where to start um, Okay um, From what I've read They're pretty high energy um, Pretty loyal um, Intelligent um, But yeah I've, I've, I've rescued a dog before It was a Australian Kelpie um, And it was about Two years old when we got it and we didn't really have a plan Uh, I was with my ex at the time and you know like everyone else we thought we knew what we're doing and uh, uh, he had a whole lot of energy and it was tough to kind of uh, focus on me and we didn't know what we're doing we didn't have a plan and uh, yeah so I just want to I want to do this one correctly yeah
1: yeah, okay. So let's start off with what is your daily routine like, your schedule time wise, right. etc.
2: Okay, so I'm I'm Monday to Friday, seven to three. And your My girlfriend, girl? yep. Yeah, she's uh so she's in school to be an RMT, uh massage therapist. Um she has another year left. She is in school Monday, Tuesday, Friday. Mm. Um And she, so she leaves, uh, she leaves about eight o'clock and then I'm home about three. So it's a seven hour gap.
1: Okay. So on the rating, uh, that you were talking about, how good is this dog with other dogs? Um, in their opinion,
2: they say five out of five.
1: Ooh. All right. I like that. Yeah. Yay. Okay. So first things first, um, I would say I wouldn't be worrying so much about behavioral training, Meaning, I, I, I mean, I wouldn't... What, okay, what you should be focusing on is getting a dog in a routine. Getting the dog understanding that you guys have rules, boundaries, and structure. Don't put your focus in the training aspect as far as sit, down, stay, heal, etc. That stuff you can always do later. Always, always, always. That stuff is easy. Um, they... The preliminary foundation in the relationship is going to be your your main goal of set the tone, set the bar, and start that way, okay? Um, Meaning, let me put it to you this way. If you start a new job and your boss just doesn't care about anything at all, and then six months later all of a sudden is a hard-ass and is completely and entirely different, you're going to be really weirded out and you're really going to have a hard time following these directions right. because of the prior uh, relationship that you have. So take that into consideration. So, you, But if you start a job and your boss is cool but kind of like a very structured, organized person, throughout that time frame, if he starts adding other tasks or ask you to do other things, it's going to be easy, no brainer right so that's what I'm talking about training can come later set your boundaries of who you are to the dog first okay the in the individual tasks that you ask the dog to do and or the individual f- things that you want the dog to do can always come later and it could be a month it could be six months but don't worry about that so much right now so <clears throat> first thing I want to say is like the most important thing to this dog is going to be exercise. Um, so I would be proactively looking for – if the dog's five out of five, you should have no problem with the daycare. Yeah. Um, I personally like daycares. I have one here, but it's not for every dog. It's a, for a five out of five dog. Okay. Uh, however, if that's true, you'll have no problems. If it's not, then we'll talk about that at a different time. Okay. Because, um, of course – who, who knows who really knows it could be five out of a five with the dog that they know very well and yeah you know yeah you know read between the lines there so that's going to be my main concern with you guys starting off and and the way that i'm looking at it is is exactly it is what it is you called me and you say hey man i'm gonna get a dog you're a professional you've been doing this a long time what would you recommend and i would tell you that what you want to do is what the only concern that I would say is just the amount of time you guys are working
2: yeah
1: that amount of time frame for a dog completely out of its comfort zone and that you know shock shocking the system if you will the number one thing to do is just give them something to do you know what I mean like yeah. if you have a task or other friends that are in the same boat the the transition is gonna go a lot smoother right so finding I would say. Best bet? I'll give you a couple bets. (laughs) Best bet would be daycare. It's going to give you the most bang for your buck. You're going to pay around. Where are you from?
2: Uh, We're in uh, BC, Canada. Okay. It's about 30 bucks a day.
1: I was going to say, usually 30 bucks a day. So, um, on days, so what's your girlfriend's name? Taylor. Oh, that's my girlfriend's name too. Oh, there you go. So, Taylor's working Monday, Tuesday, Friday. Yes. Okay, so on... Or at school, sorry. Um, And then she's off or home?
2: Yeah, so she works part-time as a care aide. And the person she cares for said that uh, she can bring the dog over to their place. Yeah.
1: So we're looking Wednesday, Thursday,
2: mom's home. Good to go, yeah.
1: Okay. So Monday, Tuesday, Friday, I would... That's... You know I mean you don't have to do all three days it's up to you and your finances but I would definitely do at least two when you transfer
2: okay
1: Um, I would that's I mean at least if you can afford more and do all three awesome if you can't don't worry about it right most daycares usually require two days of consistency anyway so I would say like Monday Friday if you were gonna choose the dates Um, both of them will be good because saturday sunday chances are you're gonna have off so if you did it friday they're gonna be tired saturday so in my experiences uh with daycares is the dogs usually really tired the day after as well so if you did monday tuesday the dog will be really tired you know wednesday and thursday which would be great um but then if you did monday and friday whatever okay that's your decision anyway moving forward from there um That's the first thing I would do is just get exercise. The other thing that I would do as far as like what you can do as a dog owner is to start using uh, positive reinforcement to teach behaviors. Um, So first thing, like what you said is crate. Now, I I don't know if I caught sarcasm or not there. Is the dog crate trained or not?
2: I don't know. So like the whole lost in translation, trying to communicate with people in Taiwan. um,
1: So did they say yes?
2: They said yes.
1: Okay. So we're gonna go with it's not just in case, yeah, because if it is great, moving on, but if it's not, um, find out what the dog likes for food, um, I tell people, don't overthink it, too many dog owners, and if you've watched anything that I've ever done, you know that I'm a very transparent human being, yeah, and people like um my digestible information, so I'm very call it uh, dog training for dummies, if you will, yeah, so. Try to just be just be logical. Be like, okay, don't you don't have to get like all these fancy treats and whatever. Just whatever you're going to feed the dog, kibble, whatever. Um, use that for the rewards. You don't have to do anything extra. You don't have to overdo it. So just using kibble to reward the dog through training is the best thing to do. So you get uh, you get the crate and you you tell the dog whatever the dog's name. You say crate, and then he's like, "What the hell is that?" Um, and then you basically throw a piece of food in there. He goes in there, you reward him. Okay. Good crate, etc. Um, you can use the leash to help lure the dog in. Um, and that's the first step you're going to do for the crate. Um, just is, is literally taking a handful of food. If the dog's interested, in the food goes, Hey, how do I get that? You say crate and they're like, um, okay, what is that? And then you, you, sh- you throw the food in there. They go in good crate. Okay. 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 Um, Don't shut the door. Don't close the dog. Don't do any of that stuff for now. Um, You don't want to create a negative experience with the crate. Again, this is if the dog isn't crate trained. Right. Um, So that's what you would do. And then even in a new environment, if the dog is crate trained, because you don't even know if it – so crate trained, to some people, maybe my dog will go into a crate. Crate strain to me means you tell your dog to go in crate. They get in there, they shut up, they lay down, they go to bed.
2: Right.
1: For some people, it's like, yeah, my dog won't bite you to go into the crate, but when they get in there, they're gonna scream like a lunatic. Yeah. So we'll walk through those phases. Uh, I'm sure I'll talk to you again after you get the dog. Yeah. So um, when you get the dog, that's like the first thing. Not a lot of pressure. Not a lot of corrections. Just positively, like, hey, crate, yay, good crate, break, etc. Um, doing that for like five minute intervals throughout the day. That way at night you say crate and they go, oh, I know what that is. They run in there. You then pay them with that and then you shut the crate and then walk away. One thing I can tell you um, that will do you no good and you need to stay away from it. It's going to be harder for Taylor than it is for you. Um, Some of the worst case scenarios I've ever seen in my entire life, both behaviorally and just being a just a downright brat are the situations where people have a humanistic way of feeling sorry for the dog then for giving them no rules or boundaries and giving them only cuddle and love
2: yeah
1: that hands down is one of the worst things that you can do for any dog not just a rescue dog a bought dog anything it's just so bad right we as humans get a new animal and we want to accept them in our pack by giving them love. Now, generally, canines, if you're welcomed, you're just not dead. They don't kill you.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's
1: not this. Okay, uh, next up into the you know <laughs> into the pack is Jimmy from wherever, and you know there's this huge int- no. If you're accepted. You just are able to live, right? Okay. Yeah. Think think about that. Okay. So when you get the dog in, love the dog, appreciate the dog, but have limitations to say. Remember, this is a dog that needs structure. This is a dog that needs a, a leader immediately. They don't need you know all this love and cuddles and on the couch and off the couch and I love you so much and no boundaries and it's okay because of this and it's okay because of that. Again, that's in your mind, not in the dog's mind. So don't be selfish to say, well, this dog's been through what? I mean, this dog's a dog. He's an animal. He, he probably is just as happy living on the streets than he is with you guys. It's yeah. all, you know what I mean? So oh, I, uh, I
2: agree with you completely. It's going to be cool. the biggest battle with my girlfriend.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And the reason why I'm mentioning it is so you have a little bit more ammunition going into it. You could say, well, this guy told me yeah. and, um, and again, I don't know everything, and my way isn't the the best way. But I give people information of my daily operations of the last ten years, seven days a week, fourteen hours a day. Right. And I would much r- rather listen to listen to a practitioner than uh, somebody with an ideology of what I think. It's I'm just telling you from experiences, hundreds of times, of what happens. So. Um, when you move forward into that progressionary, yes, this is our new dog. We love them, of course, love them, kiss them, hug them, etc. But also, again, big on balance. Also, make sure that you're stern about the things that you don't want in the future. Okay. Example: If you don't want your dog to jump on you, if you don't want your dog on the on the furniture, uh, if you don't want your dog, whatever, don't allow it when you first get it. Yeah going to be harder for you to backtrack right first impressions with new dogs is everything everything yeah. right yeah. so when you first get the dog and it jumps on you oh my god i love this dog it's so sweet they may look at you as because you got to understand is like if i so if i train a dog i'll give you a perfect example of a board and train board and train comes in for two weeks i train it no jumping. Um, let's just say no jumping. Mom and dad get there. The dog jumps. They miss the dog. So, mentally, they're going to do everything they need to do to just fulfill their fulfillment. And allow it, yeah. Exactly. So, right there, almost the two weeks of training and the $2,500 that they spent on training, gone.
2: Yeah.
1: Gone because you have to understand that it's not a it's 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 a very binary relationship. You either care or you don't. Yeah. You're you're either structured or you're not. Right. It's just like with people. You you'll tell immediately in a relationship whether the person's going to stick up for themselves or they're going to roll over or whatever. Right. So you have to make sure that it's okay if the dog jumps, it's okay if the dog jumps on the furniture. All of that is okay. It's natural. It's 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 totally fine. However, you have to then remove them from that. So don't try to make it unrealistic to say the dog should never jump on me or the furniture. That's not it. All I'm saying is is when you start building this relationship with the new dog, don't do don't let anything happen that you don't want to happen in the future. Okay. Now, I personally never tell people what they can and can't do with their dogs. Right. Ever. Again, I'm just in my professional opinion and my experiences these are things that are going to happen if you allow these things to happen so take that with a grain of salt and you decide what you like what you don't like what you want what you don't want but you have to make it clear to taylor like hey listen whatever we allow this dog to do in the first 24 hours is what the dog is going to do forever
2: okay so speaking about first impressions so thursday night uh we go to the airport we get the dog right from the airport Um, Friday, I'm going to take off work, um, so that someone's home. Um, so should we, cause it's a 13 hour flight or something like that. Um, and a 16 hour time difference for the dog. Should I be trying to get her in the crate day one? No.
1: Um, okay. So here's how it like it's conflicting for me as a professional dog trainer um some dog trainers will say absolutely uh i'm i'm very um again to me it's it's all about the dog i I don't know that answer i don't i have no idea i don't know what to tell you however i'll give you i'll give you two sides of, of yes and no if the dog is not startled and completely out of its mind, and like, where the hell am I? Who are you? Nervous, scared, uh, uncharacteristic, um, uh, you know, out of out of out of its whack. Um, don't make the dog do anything that the dog doesn't really understand of what you're asking. Right. Okay, so, but if the dog comes off the plane, happy go lucky, wagging its tail, hey, who are you? T- start that training process. Um, I would say yes to the crate, but depending on how the dog's mental state of mind is will depend on how you approach that process.
2: Okay. That makes sense. If the
1: dog, again, if the dog is stable and knows what the hell's going on and says, hi, I love you. What's up? You're my new owners. Then you'd say, Hey buddy, here's some food. He's going to go, Oh my gosh, food. I'm starving. You say crate. He goes in, boom, 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 boom. Feed him in his crate. Shut it. Go to bed. Right now again I, I, I love so the the irony of, of some people watching the things that I do and and, and and whatever is like wow that the thing is is I love dogs way before I started working with them professionally so I get it when you get a new puppy you're it's like Christmas you're yeah. like yay this is awesome yeah and you should be so excited and and stay up until three in the morning for all I care however, Just know that, like, when you just, again, think about the future. Think about it in child psychology. We put the toddler down. That's it. Good night. Bye-bye. However you decide to raise your children is up to you, and it has no regard to me at all. However, in theory, if if the the, the baby cries and you pick it up, the baby learns I cry long enough and you're going to come back. So remember that, that when you put the dog in the crate for the night and shut it, that's it, yeah, so I don't care if you stay up until six in the morning playing with the dog. None of that matters. it's great. I don't care that's I wouldn't say any other anything otherwise. however, don't put the dog in the crate and go to bed and then say, maybe we should just let it out because he's crying or whatever so just make sure you commit to that because in the future that's gonna play a role
2: okay okay um. What about um, where, like, where the crate should be? Should it be in our bedroom? Should it be in a separate room? Doesn't it's up matter. to you guys. Yeah,
1: I can t- I can tell you that uh, if you leave it in your room, okay, I, uh, I'm, I'm I'm gonna put a fork in the road in everything that you ask me. Okay. That way you that way you can hear uh, the experiences of like what has happened in the future, what happens in the past, how I feel about it. Um, if you put it in your room, it's going to go either way. The dog's going to lay down and go to sleep. You guys are cool, awesome, duck. If you put it in your room and the dog completely loses it, you're going to lose sleep. You're going to have to transition. You're going to have to do all these things. That's that. If you put it downstairs or however, living room, kitchen, however your your house is set up, um, my person... So my dog on cue, she just came up here. Um, Come here, Coda. So she... Is in my dining room so she goes into the dining room and that's where she stays until morning okay two reasons is I don't want to hear her jumping up twirling around laying down like my room is my sanction to sleep that's I that's me right, right. Let, yeah. let me have my time um, you know you guys are busy enough people working five days a week at least um, that's something you got to think about yeah you know don't set something again setting your dog up for routine and success is extremely important so if you're like hey we got tight schedules you're probably up at least at six if you got to be there by seven taylor's um going to school she's probably up semi-early um so you guys sleep is going to be important for you so making sure that you uh you set that up for, for, for the future because I don't want you to change a lot around, right? Like yeah. well, one night I was in your room closer to you. That was awesome yeah. because you're basically saying, um, hey, you guys are going to work um, and you guys are going to be present and I'm going to pay $100 every day. And then the next week you're like, now you guys are only going to get $5. So your currency is going to change because your dog's going to go. But the first night I was right next to you in your bed. Now I'm downstairs. Yeah. Right? So that's going to create conflict. If you give them the cream of the crop immediately, it's going to be harder for you to regress.
2: Right.
1: So um, the fork uh, would be if you just started off with downstairs, uh, in the kitchen, in the dining room, whatever, um, you have the opportunity to say, man, my dog just sleeps, goes to bed, no problem. I don't, I love my, and again, it's going to be about you. Your dog's not going to give a crap if they're next to you or not. But if you and your girlfriend feel like it would be awesome to just have our dog in our room because that's love and that's what we get dogs and I, I appreciate that as well. Um, some of my dogs sleep in my room as well. Um, then you can you can feel very uh, confident that like, yeah, they're just going to go to bed. Right. But don't start off on the wrong foot because it's going to be hard for you to get out of that. Okay. Okay? okay. So that's my answer to that. Okay. Uh, what's 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 the next question in line?
2: Well, um, I guess um... – I guess, uh, like, flash forward, the dog is, you know, a few weeks in, com- comfortable with us and the home and, and everything. Um, um, I guess just kind of like a, a schedule, a balance of playtime and training and feeding, like um, once I'm off work at three o'clock, um, like what kind of structure I should put together with that?
1: Um, it's a good question. So you have to understand that when you come home – so again, I'm going to always refer to like what you feel and what the dog feels because I know both sides of the story. You're going to come home and get excited because it's your dog and you just spent seven, six to eight hours at work and uh, it's awesome to see your dog. It's great. Um, So the moment that you enter the house, you have an opportunity to make that a balanced, calm situation – but you also have the opportunity to to just make it very chaotic and stressful and stimulated and all that fun stuff, okay? So when you come home, so like with my dogs, um, I've said this many times, and if you've you've, uh, absorbed any of my content, you may have heard this before. Um, When I walk into my house... I walk completely through my dogs. If I have time, I'll say, hey, what's up? Pat them on the back and I'll walk away. But for the majority, when I come home, my dogs look at me and they're like, what's up? And then they walk away. Right. Because I don't want to create like a high stressful, high anxiety thing. That's a selfish thing to do as humans, right? We, we come home and we go, hey, Fluffy, I'm here. And we and it's just, it create and then the dogs are excited and they're, and then when your grandma comes in and you taught the dog to basically go completely bonkers when somebody comes into the house and you get upset that your dog's jumping on your cousin or your aunt or your nephews or your grandma, whatever, they're looking at you like, yeah, but this is what we do. So when you come home from work, the, and I'm the reason why I'm starting there is because I'm picturing you walking in, you have to realize that you have the opportunity to set the, the, the parameters of the relationship right then and there. So what I would do is walk in, not hey, i'm home right just walk in go to the crate take the dog out they're gonna be excited as hell pop it on the uh the leash let the dog out to go bathroom no healing no sitting no none of that stuff really matters you can do it that's fine but in a situation of high stimulation and your dog sitting in a crate on a day maybe they didn't go to daycare Putting them on the leash, letting them into the backyard, letting them outside. However, your house is set up. Going to the bathroom, yay! Good boy, good girl. And then, then you can start getting into okay, sit, stay, heel, down, whatever.
2: Okay, okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I guess. Um, I guess then, I uh, my next question would just be, you know, how much time should I put towards? Uh, training and you know how much is too much you know good
1: question so um, five minute intervals um, at a time possibly pushing it to ten as many times as you want throughout the day I haven't had a dog that couldn't do five minutes at a rip a hundred times a day it's totally fine Um, so just quality over quantity remember that um, you're not going to want to overdo anything because that's how you start diluting situations. Um, good dog training is in sequences. It's in increments. It is in um, section. section. The way that I present it to people is very similar to dance or ballet. Um, I've never done it personally, but I do know that they teach... Here's how to do this spin. Here's how to put this step. Here's how to do this. Or writing a song, which I've done many times back in my high school days of being in a high school band. You write little pieces at a time to make one big thing. So when you're training, don't overdo it. Master each individual small increment to paint a really big picture so that, um, that way you're like, hey, you know this, you know this, you know this, you know this. I've mastered all of these things to see a big picture. Okay. So when I go out and I heal my dogs, people just think that that's what my dog does. But in actuality, I taught my dog how to walk forward. I taught my dog how to back up. I taught my dog how to look at me. I taught my dog all these things in small increments. So no matter what training you're doing, bomb detection, police work, a sit, a down, no matter what, as long as the dog isn't like completely checking out and being really crappy about their focus and engagement, 10 minutes 5 minutes that's totally fine multiple times a day
2: okay okay and do you like what's your opinion on a balance of you know treats versus praise um, as a reward system
1: great you know I really wish I recorded this conversation for the podcast this is something (laughs) um, a lot of people would would benefit from getting a new dog but I didn't because I'm at the my, I have a home office, and I have a. I'm at my facility now, well, so I'm, uh,
2: I'm recording it on my iPhone, so I can always send it to you.
1: You are? Oh yeah. my gosh, that would be that would be so brilliant. Yeah. I would absolutely love. It. Yeah, if you could pull the audio and send it to me, I would love that. Um, great. So, good question. Um, one question that many, 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 many people have, uh, and, and again, uh, it, it's again, I. My passion and love for dogs started when I was very young. I mean, I have pictures. Actually, I can probably really quickly show you a picture. Yeah, here it is. I have it on my my desktop to kind of like remind me of like why the hell I'm doing what I'm doing. Yeah. But if if you look at this.
2: Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's awesome.
1: Yeah. That's me when I was about like four years old with a puppy. Yeah. I can't make that shit up no right like you 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 can imagine like if if like somebody became this whatever and you you could say back in the day like oh they did it when they were a toddler well I have pictures of me actually working with dogs when I was a toddler and so my point is this is I love dogs so much and I appreciate them more and I respect them even more And I can tell you that um, I've worked with a lot of different dog trainers. I've worked with thousands of different dogs. I've worked with wolves and coyotes in all sorts of different situations. And so the canine to me is as natural as, you know, maybe walking is for other people. Not in the sense of of Yoda, of like mastering these these types of things or mastery. Mastery? Mastery? Mastery?
2: Mastery?
1: Sounds right. Mastery. Yeah, it sounds right. Um, but uh, my understanding for how they tick is, is, is very much uh, ingrained into me. So to answer the question, balance is so crucial. So um, you want to be the, I can control the situations, I have the answers, but at the same time, but I love you and I want you to have fun. A.K.A. the perfect parent. Right? For for humans. Right? Right. I mean if you think if you think about it, say you let's say you adopted a toddler from Bangladesh or Africa, whatever. Yeah. They come over and they don't know much of anything. They were born in, you know, a community of, of volunteers, whatever. Um, you're gonna you're gonna love them, you're gonna tell them how much You you care about them and how much you love them and how empathetic you are to their their feelings and their desires and their wants and their needs. However, if they grab a knife, if they try to walk into oncoming traffic, if they do all of these things that could be detrimental to their health or longevity, you are going to very clearly correct these things. You're very clearly going to discipline these things. Now, when i say correct and discipline to kids we think yelling screaming throwing a fit to dogs people automatically assume kicking punching uh whatever people are weird um and so that's not any of those things that i'm talking about you want to in dog in dog language you want to be able to communicate to the dog what they're doing wrong and how to fix it and so when we talk about a correction, I always tell people it's like when you're on um, when you're on something and it, and it underlines the word in red, and it says you've spelled this wrong, and it doesn't fix it. It just says, "Well, I've, well, then how do you do it?" Right? And then it tells you, and you say, "Okay." So the next time you're spelling that word, the hope is is that you learn that that's what you're supposed to do. So with the dog. You can't ever correct a dog for something that they don't necessarily know unless it's detrimental to their well-being. Okay? So if, if I have a dog that comes in that is aggressive, um, I had a dog come in today that was viciously aggressive. When I say that, you're going to think of this snarling, nasty dog, but actually it's a very calm, really determined, a uh, dog that is very analyzing the situation. Right, right. They sit there and they lock. The most aggressive dogs are the silent ones. It's the silent ones you got to be careful about. The reactive dogs are a bunch of dogs who just talk shit and they yell and they scream and they bark. Like the, they
2: have no- the German Shepherd you had a few days ago.
1: Yes, most of the German Shepherds that I have. Yeah. So anyway, so when you get the dog home. There's no question, I don't think in anybody's right mind, however, there are some people out there that think this this otherwise, there's no question that we have to give a dog rules and boundaries. The real problem people have is how. And a lot of times, the how is the whole failure point, where people just give up. They're like, whatever, dude, do whatever the hell you want, because we don't know how to communicate to dogs. So um, that's something that's probably not in the time frame that we have of how to correct, when to correct, right. etc. But yeah. you have to do it. And I have hundreds of videos on YouTube that can help you through that process.
2: Right.
1: So whatever you don't like, you're going to use like a kennel leash or a slip collar. Um, I don't have any in here, but very simple. Okay. It basically just applies pressure to the dog.
2: Right. Yep. Yeah.
1: So when the dog jumps and you and, and the collar pops it, it's getting a negative correction. It's getting some sort of negativity
2: to right. encourage
1: the dog to not do that again, right? Right? Um, kid tries to walk across the road, you say, you do that again, I'm taking your iPhone away. Chances are they're not even going to go near a road <laughs> yeah. in today's age. So again, punishment, don't look at punishment as a physical, abusive person. Or, or human, it's that's not it. Punishment just means we're trying to discourage the behavior happening again for the well-being of whatever we're uh, responsible for. Right. So whatever that means to you is what you need to do to your dog. Typically, again, in dog training, it's very simple. You put a slip collar around a dog's neck. They jump up. They get corrected. They jump up. They get corrected.
2: Right.
1: The important part to that process, and the key thing to that process of being a good, balanced dog trainer, is to make sure that you are verbally saying to the dog off leave it down no whatever
2: right
1: you're trying to pair and match up a physical correction with a verbal cue right because in the future we shouldn't have to have the equipment for the dog to obey or to comply because it's this it's the same spectrum of when I give shit to purely positive reinforcement trainers for only getting the dog to do what you want through food. Well, good purely positive reinforcement trainers in in the application of what they're trying to do shouldn't use food or need food to get the dog to do what you want. It's just encouraged throughout the process. So same thing with, with punishment and balanced dog training. You shouldn't have to have a correction for the dog to listen. The idea is to correct the behavior to try to, dis, to try to determine that, that that behavior is something that you don't want and you don't want it to happen again. And so that's the point of you can't if you corrected the dog over and over again, there's a chance that they won't do the action again because they think it sucks. But more importantly, if you layer in a verbal marker to tell the dog that that was wrong, the more likelihood of you reinforcing that, that negative jump. They jump up, off, pop, off, pop, off top right? right they jump up again you say off they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna hit the deck on that on that cue because you said hey if you don't do it again you're gonna get a correction right same thing with positive reinforcement so going back to the real question that you asked is like what's the difference when should I feed the dog when should I reward the dog um, one thing I will say that many dog owners or new dog owners don't understand is your dog doesn't need a stake and your dog doesn't need to be touched and your dog doesn't need a a cup full of food to be rewarded you look at your dog and say good they're like hell yeah Yeah. right chemicals in their brain go off and they fire and they get all excited they're super stoked that you even looked at them right uh if you touch them that's an additive if you give them food holy crap they must have won the stanley cup
2: right you're
1: from canada so i figured that
2: would
1: be cool so but you get the idea um so um Reinforcing the stuff that you want. So they go in their crate, yay, good job. You don't need to run and grab food and give them food. Like if you say, yay, good job, that's fine. Okay. So reinforce the stuff you want through verbal rewards, good, high pitched, anything, um, whatever. Physical yeah. reward, petting the dog, good job, I love you. Yeah. Uh, and then giving the dog food is the ultimate, it's not something n- necessary. Um, it's just, it, it just really helps throughout the process. Okay. And then of course, correcting the dog when they do something wrong.
2: Okay.
1: So using just a basic slip collar, which I have on my YouTube channel on how to build that yourself and uh, yeah, size I, it I up. I saw properly.
2: that one. I did tie one of my own. I don't know what I did with it though. But, uh, would, so yeah. would you say um, four months, four months is a, a good age to start, um, to start Man, training right off the yeah. bat?
1: Yeah, I gotta stop you there because it, I started training my dog before they could open their eyes yeah. so uh, somebody reached out to me locally and they said hey I love what you do I know that you're getting into working dogs I want to help you I have two Dutch Shepherds I anyway long story short I watched them you know mate and then be born so training you gotta understand um, starts off on a really early age Mama bear, if you will, keeps the dogs in line, keeps them in the whelping box, does, you know, picks them up, puts them back, um, whatever. So before they can even open their little hamster eyes, they're getting structure from day one. This is what you can do, this is what you can't do. Bro- <coughs> Excuse-, <coughs> Excuse me. I've even seen <coughs> brothers and sisters get nasty with each other and growl. I mean, imagine a little hamster dog growling at another dog.
2: Yeah.
1: Right? I mean, at that moment, I realized, like, how much we as humans are such softies about dog behavior and how much we don't realize what they're capable of and their natural state of minds. <clears throat> yeah. So anyway, um, yes, four months is a perfect age. Really?
2: Okay. <laughs> and then I um, I just wanted to ask about, like, um, I noticed you start a lot of your sessions off um, with uh, just walking around like, you know, a, a, a 20-foot circle just back and yeah. forth. Yep. So is that basically a, a good place to start, <laughs> just, just walking, you know, within yep. my living room?
1: Yep. Yep. That's what I call a tune-up. Um, so just, just telling the dog, like, hey, I'm going to go this way. And then I'm going to go the other way, and I'm going to say heel when I when I turn and go the other way. I'm going to identify that. I'm going to I'm going to say, hey, I'm going the other way, heel, and I turn. And if they don't follow me, they get a correction, not by me, but by them. Right. I turn and go the other way. They're connected to the leash. You know, I, I'm able to drive a car and have you know. A, a, Whatever, they can't, right? They're dogs. So when I turn and go the other way and they don't follow, they get a pop. And then I turn and go the other way and if they don't follow, they get pop. And eventually what happens is, is the dog starts following you around on a loose leash. And so, yes, that's a perfect way to introduce leash pressure to a dog.
2: Okay. Okay, and then um, um well, I guess just with, uh, you know, out out for just a regular walk um, on the sidewalk. um okay. Um, Meeting other dogs Um, Should I try to Should I try to enforce That you know we're just on a walk And you know we just want to ignore everyone else And just keep going Or stop and Stop and meet other dogs to help socialize Or It's a great
1: question Great question Um, Yes and no If the other dog I'll try to as As you can tell every answer i give is is longer than what you expected if you see clearly that the dog is happier than your dog and is friendly as hell yes if the signs are unclear and you don't know what the other dog's intentions are no period it's not worth you figuring it out it's not worth that person's night of saying let's see if i have a new your dog has enough friends already between you and your girlfriend taylor don't worry about anybody else yes it's cool if they play but don't worry about it so if it's clear yes if it's not clear i it's not worth it
2: right right because if i if i allow it if i allow it one day and then don't allow it the other day dog's going to be confused as to why it can't go meet that other dog right
1: yeah Yes, the yes that's part of it but the, the the bigger part that I'm actually seeing is the fact that if the other dog is 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 not sure so humans have a hard time saying no they just do naturally it's just hard like you get a, you get a marketer and like 10 minutes in you're like um I gotta go and they're like but I gotta tell you a little bit more and you just hang on the phone right yeah. so we have a hard time as humans just saying no I gotta go we even have harder times with dogs. And realize that that if somebody says, yeah, let's just try it, not worth it to you because if your dog gets attacked or nailed or whatever, it's going to mess you up mentally. It's going to mess your dog up mentally and physically. So unless you can see clear signs that the other dog is submissive and super friendly, it's not worth exposing yourself to the the probability of your dog being attacked or into a fight because it will mess you guys up both.
2: Okay. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I guess then my other question, um, with the, uh, oh, with the slip collar, um, like just going on a regular walk, um, obviously, um, it might not be a training session, but I might want to correct as we go. Um, so should I walk with the slip collar, um, like just on a regular day-to-day basis?
1: Yeah. Um. I know what your your mindset is in that situation is is control versus uh recess and that's going to be determined by your vocal commands. Okay. Heal means heel, which means you have to work. Break means do whatever the hell you want. Your dog, your puppy, your young play, go pee, go poop, whatever. So, yes and no. Um yes, have your slip collar on, but only utilize it when the dog is working.
2: Okay. Working, working of, as I, in being a tra- in a training session.
1: Well, in a, yeah, we're in a we're in a drive, in a, in, a, in a yeah. I have a lot of videos on that.
2: Okay. Okay. Uh, what else do I got before I leave you? Um. I guess yeah, you already touched on it, but um. Um, just when like visitors, families and friends come over, um, I mean that the whole excited dog jumping up and everything, um, it's kind of a tough one to practice, right? Cause you can't, I can't be calling people to come over um, right. every day. Um, so what would be the best way to try to, uh, enforce that or, or, uh, improve on it or practice it?
1: I would just say, just take it as it comes when okay. people come over, work on it, um, and then, you know, on other days, just be realistic, you know, yeah. um, having, having even like, honestly, like people overlook this, that Taylor is going to be the best guest of all time, right? Yeah. As, as as your relationship continues, she's going to be the hardest person to train with because your dog is going to care the most about her. Yeah. So, Hey, I'm home from work. Get ready. Okay. You put your slip collar on, you put your leash on, Taylor comes in place down stay Taylor comes in, ignores the dog, walks through the fridge, uh, grabs a water, whatever, sits down, break, break, let your dog go see Taylor. But okay. working on that obedience is super – obedience is just literally listening uh, until you're given a command not to um, okay. or just obeying until you say otherwise because you're in charge. Dogs are, 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 are just insane and they make such bad decisions and they'll get themselves killed – if they if they don't have guidance, they, they're like ooh ball boom, ooh uh, a pill boom. You yeah. know, like so anyway. So just make sure that you're giving your dog structure to say, hey, this is what you can do, this is what you can't do. So using Taylor as a as a um, distraction would be one. If you do have friends and family over, just say, let me know when you're here. Watch for them when they come in and start working on your training process throughout that that time frame.
2: Okay, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Oh, um, uh, the whole word uh, socialization, uh, just with, um, you know, it's coming from Taiwan, right? So I don't really know what kind of environment it's been in within the city and the noises and the smells and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, So we, I mean, we'd like to be able to take our, our dog, you know, downtown Vancouver, which is crazy busy and all kinds of noises and smells and stuff to eat and lick Uh on the ground um is there is there like too much socialization um like exposing the dog to too much right away
1: yeah for some dogs for sure yeah yeah like you get you may get an insecure or less patient dog and they just can't handle it anymore. Yeah. Um, so, yes, uh, you may get a really balanced, I don't give a crap dog who can take as much love as much as possible. So that's going to be determined off your dog's personality.
2: Okay. Okay. Um, what else? I think we're good. Cool, man. Yeah. Thanks a lot for all that.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I hope that you guys... Um, you know are successful and happy and uh, you know i'm always here so if you have any other questions concerns or comments just give me a shout and i'd be happy to help you
2: yeah no i'll de- I'll definitely check in in, uh, in a couple months or so and let you know how it's going so that's
1: it for today's podcast thank you guys so much for listening i really do appreciate it Follow me on Instagram, at Tom Davis, or my business, at Upstate Canine Academy. You can follow us on Facebook, America's Canine Educator, YouTube, which has tons of free content. Uh, just YouTube slash America's Canine Ed. And just so you guys know, I do do online stuff. And so like this, we basically go through everything. So if you guys are interested in working with me online, you certainly can. Just visit my website at America's Canine And I will talk to you guys next time. Peace.